When there's a lack of systems, I think people are just in constant reaction mode. Everyone's just in a constant state of reaction. And it doesn't ever give you time to sit in silence, sit in flow, just actually let the experience sink in. So fear, like you're kind of playing this catch up all day, every day. And that like creates even more chaos in your head. So I think the, you know, one of the things leaders could do is just accept it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Flow Over Fear podcast, where it is our mission to help you to rise above fear and realize your ultimate potential in leadership and life. I'm your host, Adam Hill, and it is my goal to share with you the human side of high performance. My guests share their experience with fear, anxiety, struggle, challenge, and most importantly, despite all of it, how they rose above it to achieve incredible results. So if you're ready to rise up, let's get started. Welcome to Flow Over Fear, everyone. I'm glad you're here. Uh, today, we're going to talk about a great way to rise above fear. And my guest is going to help us through that. Because when we talk about things like fear or anxiety, whether it be personally, whether we personally experience it, or we experience it in our organizations or businesses or companies or the things we're starting, a lot of that fear revolves around chaos. I mean, and that chaos that that we experience as, as startups or entrepreneurs or things like that naturally comes from the uncertainty or the, the things that hit us randomly or just the it, not lack of planning and those kinds of things. So how do we minimize the chaos that we can control? Well, the one of the answers is better systems. And that is where I introduce my guest today. Ernesto Mendowski is the CEO of CPD Advisors, a company that helps entrepreneurs to transform chaos into cash flow. Get it? Cash flow? With a degree in systems engineering and over a decade of developing technology solutions at companies like Deloitte Consulting, Myers USA, and The Palm, Ernesto is an expert in designing systems to help leaders rise above anxiety and chaos to scale their organizations and rise to new heights. Ernesto helps early stage founders transform their operations by designing systems, business systems, utilizing his proprietary 6P playbook. Outside of his work with founders, Ernesto is passionate about building a sustainable entrepreneurship community. Welcome to the show, Ernesto. I'm glad to have you here. Thank you so much. It's awesome to be here. Yeah, my, my pleasure. I'm I'm uh, I'm really glad you're here because I want to dive into this systems thing and I want to get into your story. But before we do, I think when I, when when we say the word systems, when we say that, maybe a lot of people they get their eyes roll back in their head a little bit and they say, "Oh man, technology, we're going to get technical." <sighs> what you know? Can you help us at least? Can we can we define this here? Because I think it's important that to 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 set a framework here of how systems are important to how we live our lives and, and, and we rise above our fears. So can you give us like a quick one to two sentence definition of what, you know, what we're talking about when we're talking about systems here? Yeah. Uh, so I define systems as a combination of three things. You, you mentioned uh, technology, you know, people are like, Oh my God, QuickBooks overwhelmed. Uh, Right. Sorry to say it, but tools is one of the steps. So you have tools, mm -hmm. 
you have people and you have playbooks. So when you have your company, you probably have, maybe it's a solo founder or a group of people, a team. They are doing certain tasks that they're following certain checklists. Those are your playbooks or your standard operating procedures or your processes. And they're using tools or software. And the three pieces come together to create a result or an intentional, intended result. Uh, mm -hmm. that's, that's try to keep it as, as basic as possible. Well, it's a big word. Yeah. So I, I kind of put you on the spot there with yeah. asking you like, Hey, define this great big thing in one or two sentences, but that, no, that was really good. And I think that's helpful because, you know, putting it in perspective of tools, people, playbook, that's helpful. I mean, I've run a business for a while now and, you know, trying to operate systems, sometimes the systems themselves can be a source of chaos and totally. a source of frustration and anxiety. Uh, how, how can we, how can, how, how can you help leaders or how do we, how do we turn these systems into something that help us to rise, to get over our anxieties or our fears as leaders? Yeah. And, and how do we, even, I guess, before that, how do we, how do we experience fear with a lack of systems? Well, when there's a lack of systems, I think people are just in constant reaction mode. Mm -hmm. uh, on one end, you know, when I worked in, I worked in, I used to work in restaurants and a restaurant is just chaos 24 seven. I mean, you have the kitchen, you have servers, everyone's reacting, constantly reacting to a guest complaint here. Another guest is running late. The server is an hour late. Everyone's just in a constant state of reaction and it doesn't ever give you time to, uh, sit in silence, sit in flow, just actually let the experience sink in. So fear, mm -hmm. like you're kind of playing this catch up all day, every day. And that like creates even more chaos in your head. So I think the, yeah. you know, one of the things leaders could do is just accept it to, to start, mm -hmm. you know, um, I don't know if you ever studied thermodynamics, did you ever take any courses or? Oh yeah, just this morning I read that. No, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the, um, the third law of thermodynamics is that entropy mm -hmm. is always increasing. For those who don't know what entropy is, entropy is energy in the universe. It is always expanding and increasing. So just naturally, it is a law of the universe that there will always be an expansion in energy and there will always be chaos. So accepting it is kind of the first step. Wow. That, no, that's a great insight that, that and, and using physics to help that. And I know I was joking, kind of saying not studying it before, but that is an important distinction because the laws of physics exist in our mind. And so you're right. talking about these, you know, the, this, this simple philosophy or the simple idea that, that, you know, that entropy or energy always is, is that, that chaos is always going to exist. It's always going to exist in our mind. And if we can first accept it, I mean, that's the nature of every successful, of everything. you know, program out there. Yeah. Accept it. And then let's figure out a way to try to resolve some of that. And I'm interested in this restaurant. Yeah. Make it flow. <laughs> <laughs> I, and then make it cash flow. That's the important part too. So they, I, um, I'm interested in this, this starting out at restaurants thing. Cause that's an interesting place to actually learn about the idea of chaos because I, yeah. Not to brag, but I worked at Chili's for a long time okay. when I was younger. So well-oiled machine. <laughs> no. So well-oiled machine. Oh yeah, you probably learned a lot. 
I, I yeah, definitely learned a lot. Um, definitely, uh, <laughs> definitely experienced a lot of chaos and anxiety. Um, and if, if that's the idea of a well-oiled machine in restaurants, man, I hate to see what a non-well-oiled machine looks like. Um, no offense, Chili's, you were great. But, uh, so, so what, what was that? So kind of getting, go, going through that experience in the hospitality industry, tell us your story about how you came to realize systems were the solution. Yeah. Um, yeah. well, I, my family's from around the world. Uh, family in France and Brazil, Colombia, Argentina, lots of different places. And a few times we got together it was in Miami. Very small amount of things you could do with a group of 20 people aside from like eat. And so I have lots of really good memories. And I was like, wow, like food is really cool. And when I was 18, I met a restaurateur and he owned six restaurants. And I said, wow, I want to be, be this guy one day. And then when I was in college, a mentor of mine said, oh, you should study engineering. It's a really good idea. You know, you'll learn business along the way. And I said, okay, cool. I'm going to study systems engineering. And then I asked myself, how can I combine systems engineering and restaurants? Mm. And um, it, was, it was not an easy question. Uh, I went to my parents and said, hey, I want to do restaurants. And they said, you're crazy. 90% fail you know, the fear starts kicking in. And then I sure. actually, my first job at a restaurant, I was a bus boy. And in between breaks, I went to the general manager and I said, Hey, um, how do you implement these inventory systems? And you know, asking him like the systems kind of things. And he's like, Hey man, like table six needs clearing, like get back, get back to table six. And I'm like, Jesus, who's going to help me out here? Uh, more, more fear. Um, but one day I was reading a book about the Ritz Carlton and for those who don't know, the Ritz Carlton is like one of the top hotel chains in the world. And they're known for their seven star service. Everyone's like very attentive to detail. The pool boy knows exactly how you like your towels. The bartender knows your favorite drink. The concierge knows it's your anniversary. And the book gave me this profound insight. And that is... Yes, there's amazing training, but there's amazing playbooks, but they also have amazing tools and software that keeps track of every single data point of your guests. So if you're the pool boy and you're laying out the towel and they hear that it's the anniversary or your kid is allergic to this, they'll go to the CRM and they'll enter in the information. And the next year when you're mm -hmm. in, in the Maldives on your vacation, you pull up to the Ritz, like everyone knows your information. And I said, wow, like that's amazing service that is enabled through technology. I said, this is, this is it. This is how I'm going mm -hmm. to get in. And um, I took a job at Deloitte working in tech consulting. Uh, I was doing government project management work, large 150 person plus teams. And I was not happy. But on the weekends, I went to culinary school to take a uh, culinary business class because I was learning how to bake bread and turn my bread into a digital challah bakery. And that was also an opportunity to tell every instructor that I knew, hey, I'm a systems engineer. I really want to get into the industry. I really want to get into the industry. The course finished. 
I didn't get the funding from the program or the validation of, of a job. But a year later, one of them came back to me and said, hey, uh, we need an engineer. We're starting 10 different restaurant concepts at the same time. And we have no systems. We have no process. And that was kind of like, here's your ticket. Welcome. Welcome to the crazy world of hospitality. Right, right. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, and, and and you don't think you don't always think about that too when it comes to restaurants, the idea of systems in place. But I mean, but if we if we break it down into the systems just being tools, people, and a playbook, well, of course, then everything has a system. Whether we, it seems like, and maybe my theory is wrong here, but whether we like it or not, if we're not implementing the system, these systems being implemented for they're us, they're just being implemented for us. Yeah, and if yeah. or like you are you are doing a playbook, it's just not a structured. Or, you know, for, for those listening, for those people, for those entrepreneurs and founders that are listening that are maybe just starting out or maybe overreaching to that next level of client and uh, they get that client and the client starts to ask like, hey, can you do it this way? And can you do it this way? Can you do it this way? And they start to customize it. Like they're taking that playbook and they're putting it all over the place, which is impacting their delivery because now they're customizing six different engagements. And that's creating more anxiety and, you know, that's like taking away from the flow. Right. Um, so, yeah, everyone's running some sort of a playbook, whether they know it or not. So if you're running a bad playbook, then you're just creating more anxiety or more fear is what I'm hearing. Yeah. I mean, no good or bad. Yeah. I like to remove that. But if they're running playbooks that are out of the expectation, mm. um, then, yeah, it's just it's just it's just a source of potential more, even more chaos. That, that's an yeah. example of entropy, like more chaos being created out of fear. Sure. Yeah. And, and that's, that kind of gets to another question I would, I would have about that in particular about, you mentioned no good or bad systems. Um, and I'd like to weigh on that. So, so instead of good and bad systems, we are, are, are you suggesting we say something more along the lines of not unaligned with what our values are, or what our goals are? Or, yeah, I think I yeah. think aligned and unaligned are are um, useful terms to think through. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so not good or bad, uh, but, but right. useful. <laughs> right. Well, I, I, yeah. Historically, I've not been very great at creating aligned systems, and and I think that the. the the example of that is in in my experience, especially kind of running a, a pretty complex company. I run a chemical company that you know we uh, we sell a variety of chemical products and a variety of units of measure, all these kind of different things. Probably not not too uh, not 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 too undifferent from like a restaurant, yeah. where you have a lot of different yeah, ingredients, a lot of, a lot of different menu items like that, right? Yeah. yeah. So in terms of um, how, what kind of advice, like if, if you were to give like three pieces of advice uh, to people in terms of creating systems for these very complex things, um, what would you advise that they first look at? I think the most, you know, sometimes we think of like, what is the transformation that a business or, you know, provides for another person? And that's another word mm -hmm. for the results from a core product. Right. So... I think fulfillment, like the fulfillment, the delivery of that service is the most important system to nail down. Because mm -hmm. if, if, if you're a guest in my restaurant 
and I serve a meal that's killer. That's unbelievable. You know, that guest is going to turn around and tell 15 of their friends to come to the restaurant. That's a, like a 15 to one or I don't know, 150% to one, like return on experience. I don't know. I'm just making up a metric here. Like you're turning that customer sure. into your salesperson. You don't have to invest in additional sales and additional advertising, but like really the delivery of that service is so important. Mm-hmm. And the really tricky part to this, like when you're just starting out, for example, or when you're kind of launching a new product and you're still collecting a lot of feedback, your fear is really having you change that fulfillment process every single time. And so you don't have consistency. Yeah. So like really it's that fulfillment of the service is, is I think the first system to like really master. Gotcha. Okay. And that, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I like how you say fulfillment, because I know in this context, we're talking about the fulfillment of an order, you know, fulfillment of, you know, the delivery of, of, of our product to the, to the customer so that the customer gets what they expect. Exactly. But fulfillment has another connotation here, which is like, you know, actual personal fulfillment, which you bring a great point. Yeah, (laughs) actually. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, and if, and I mean, if we can deliver our own fulfillment personally from the standpoint of, of the tools, the people, the playbook that we put into place, the systems, um, you know, that, that's, that seems like an important, uh, part of this too, as I get back to, you know, the, the idea that, um, you know, when, when we're experiencing fear, anxiety, where, and, and I'm internalizing this a lot because, when I experience fear or anxiety, it just seems like a lot of chaos. It seems like there's no solutions. It seems like there's no way to find that fulfillment or fulfill on this kind of thing. But what, is it fair to say that the systems that we put in place and and the discipline that we have around the fulfillment that we're putting into place, well, it 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 is a discipline it, that it takes discipline and it takes not varying from that system. How would you how would that resonate with you? Um, what you're describing something I'm experiencing. Do you have a team? I do. Yeah. Okay. Are you the yes. operator of your team or are you the, unfortunately, un, un, <laughs> exactly. Perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So, right. so people like you and I, and every other solo leader listening experiences this all the time because we have the amazing responsibility of leading the vision forward and growing but at the same time, creating the structure and the system that like kind of manages that process. And so there's almost like this inherent conflict between, uh, and I don't know if like you have like spiritual listeners between like the feminine side, like the growth and the creative force and energy. And then the masculine side, which is the, uh, this structure, the integrity. Um, and it's like this tug of war that's happening in your head. Uh, And then you throw in the ego. That's just like, whatever you're doing sucks. (laughs) You know, it doesn't make it easy. So uh, yeah, I think for for, for us who who struggle with that, you know, eventually if if we do find the right person who can like elevate into that operator role, who serves as that partner, who can coach you and help you stay grounded and like feel supported that, this person is going to support you while you're out there doing the thing. You know, you don't have time to like 
feel anxiety about your system. Cause like, you know, John's got it or Jessica's got it. Like they're taking care of that stuff. Like I'm out there in the flow, finding new sources of nectar and like growing the business. So mm-hmm. you don't really have time for that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. No, absolutely. And, and that's something I think we all strive for. Maybe it's something that, that is, uh, relevant to what you were talking about earlier with that law of thermodynamics, the, the fact that chaos is always existing too, is that as, you know, as entrepreneurs or business leaders or people in that seat that are experiencing that chaos, there's a natural tendency for us to kind of gravitate into the business and be the operators. Um, yeah. And it takes a certain level of discipline to pull ourselves out, make sure that that's being outsourced. That in and of itself sounds like it's a, a system we need to put in place. Yeah. I mean, it's our own. Uh, every month I have a, a cycle. I call it uh, feeling pleased mm-hmm. at the end of the month. Pleased is an acronym. Uh, the last letter D is delegate. And it's always a question I ask myself at the end of each month. Like, what do I want to start delegating mm-hmm. next month? Just to even put it into awareness. Right. Um, because, you know, we are just so busy in the hustle. We don't take time to do our, our journaling practice or our reflections or whatever. You know, we never even think about delegating. Yeah. 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 It's, it, it, it really is a, a challenge and, and I think it roots itself. I mean, it feels like it roots itself in, in fear that, you know, we just don't want to let those things go because nobody else knows how to do it. Yeah. Nobody yeah. else knows how to do it. I can't explain it well enough. I can't do this. That's certainly a nature of my fear and why I continue to be an operator in a lot of different ways. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so I, know, I know how that is. Um, and uh, yeah, so and I, and I know you mentioned, you, you kind of talked about nectar, finding that nectar. And I know you've got a concept that's called honey, right? That's similar to that. Um, and it's relevant to the book that you wrote. Um, can yeah. you talk a little bit about that and, and what, what honey is, what, what that's about? Yeah. So when I was in that restaurant group, when mm-hmm. I took that, you know, my first ticket, it was a really difficult time to uh, start because, you know, just like when I went to my parents and the GM, like, hey, how do I do that? They were both, they all just didn't have answers for me. He said I was crazy. Mm-hmm. The COO and the CFO of this restaurant group, I said, how do you do that? They're just like, I don't know, go figure it out. And it's like, oh my God, great. Right. So I had to pour over blogs and help centers and documentations and support tickets and just like collect and ask questions and ask and ask. It was, it was painful. Mm-hmm. You know, I had, you know, I had pressure and maybe pressure for myself and, you know, I was building this thing out. So I said, I'm going to write a book and I'm going to give this guide to the next restaurant analyst that wouldn't have to go through this pain that I went through. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically like a, the ultimate guide to restaurant analytics and as I was writing and I was writing, uh, one day I went to the forest and I had a little experience with my friends and I realized that my story was so much bigger than just restaurants and analytics. And my story is, is one of, of, of humans, of, of what we're doing. And it's inspired by bees and how bees make honey. Mm-hmm. So when bees are out, making honey, they are going to different flowers, they're extracting nectar, they're transferring pollen, the flowers are making fruit, the animals are eating the fruit, we're eating the fruit, the whole ecosystem is growing. It's kind of like the reverse chaos, like there's this like beautiful chaos, like everything is growing, it's all, there's lots of expansion happening. And the bees then go back to the hive with this nectar and create this honey that they ultimately survive off of. Mm -hmm. We are doing the same. 
we are going to different jobs, courses, conferences, uh, people. We're extracting these insights. We're transferring them more helpful. We're supporting each other, accountability, whatever, raising each other up. And then we're going back to this hive of our mind of, you know, the metaphysical plane. And we're creating this honey, which is that unique intersection of everything, of our skills, of our insights that we give back to the world. I was doing it in restaurants and tech and analysis, and I was offering it back in the form of a job. You were doing it, you know, with your family business, with your, the chemical industry, with your experience as a triathlete, with your anxiety, like you're taking all that stuff together. And, you know, now you're offering it through flow of fear and the one-on-one coaching and the speaking that you're doing. And the story is that we're all bees cross-pollinating, extracting nectar, extracting insight, and then creating this honey that we can give back to the world. When I realized that, I said, holy moly, this is the book. Like, this is the book that I got to get out into the world and share my story and blah, blah, blah. And, And it became less of like a motivational book and just like a my story book, which is fun to now like bring out and tell and share. Mm hmm. Um, but the funnest thing is now connecting that to kind of what I do now. Right. Um, cause entrepreneurs are all like bees, mm-hmm. um, except the bees are like, they're there, they're present, they're focused. They're like, you know, each flower at a time and they're, they're very diligent. Entrepreneurs are in the world of tomorrow. I mean, they're, they're literally in the world of the vision. They're, they're not present by definition because they're, t- they're building a new world. Yeah. Because they're so focused on tomorrow, they cannot think of like the structure and the playbooks and the systems of today that will help build the company that will create the world of tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I find this intersection of it all. Yeah. That's, well, that's it. And that's where you come in. I mean, that's where your role and where your honey comes in, right? Is, is that idea of, you know, the entrepreneur who has their head in the vision and where it should be. Somebody needs to come in and create those systems or help them create those systems, right? Totally. Yeah. And that that's why I guess I felt that I've, I suck at systems is because, you know, I guess I might have my head in the cloud somewhere. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, it makes a, that makes a lot of sense. And I love the way you put that it, there's beautiful chaos out there. And it's this chaos that exists that is in harmony in this world that is, is yeah. random but harmonious. I love that. Exactly. Hey, everyone, if you're listening to this show and you want to rise above fear and achieve greater flow in your life, which, of course, translates into better results in business, better health, a more fulfilling lifestyle and much, much more. And who doesn't, right? Well, then schedule your free strategy call with me today. Simply go to www.adamcliffordhill.com slash coaching and click on the link to start your journey to your high flow life. I mean, it's like in our VVG group, right? Like right. we're all in there in the chats, like, oh, let's help each other out. Boom. And it's like chaos, but it's like beautiful. It's like beautiful chaos. Like that's the expansion that like we all want. That's the expansion that like really contributes to the growth of, of the universe. Absolutely. And by VBG, uh, you mean the brand builders group, which we both met in. Yeah, it's, it's yes. a great, great. Yeah, it's a great group of people um, just all working in the same direction on different things. But so valuable to have those communities. I mean, and, and such a great totally. metaphor to the bees because it, it is a community just building this hive 
and creating this, uh, uh, you know, sustainability for all of us. Um, and what's the book called, by the way? It's called Newbie. Newbie. Oh, N-E- man. N-E-N-E-W-B-E-E. That's it great. originally was Newbie Foodie. Like, hey, you're a new person in the food world. But then I like chopped off the foodie, re-spelled the newbie part and added a bunch of hexagons. That's great. And if you're, if you're listening and, and you're not watching the YouTube, he has a, 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 um, a, a graphic on the back of his wall with, uh, with hexagons, which looks like the, of course, the hive uh, as it's formed. So it's, <laughs> it's awesome. And, um, and yeah, and, and by the way, great title because any kind of pun based title or anything like that speaks to my heart as my listeners know i love puns and i and i annoy the hell out of them with them so i think you're going to generate a lot of buzz around that sorry there we <laughs> <Sorry>. go <laughs> you've never heard that before i know it no <laughs> so this is that's that's great i mean I, I and so um so so you have the visionary you have the the person building the systems is that a suggestion that you would have for people who are in that visionary role or, or entrepreneurs or, or people in that leadership that are struggling and frustrated with this idea that systems aren't in place or, th- or things aren't aligned in the way that they should be or their systems aren't aligned? Do you suggest that they put somebody in place to run those systems or is there, is there some kind of way to simplify system creation that somebody who's a visionary can, can implement? I don't think a visionary, I almost use a should there. Um, I don't think it's best suit of best use of time for visionaries to build systems Mm -hmm. because by definition, the visionary is, is doing the vision. He is, he or she, or they are, they're, they're in the world of tomorrow getting all the clients and partners and collaborators to, to create that world for them. And so I think, you know, one of the biggest leadership qualities I think we have to learn is, or we get to learn is, is letting go and, and trust and elevating and recruiting and supporting and training. It's really finding someone to serve in that role. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, sometimes visionaries don't have time to do all that. They don't have time to find, train, hire, trust, all that stuff. So, I mean, I like to think of myself uh, in the future. I see myself being kind of like this liaison. Um, I applied for a a grant last year for what I call the 6P Academy, Mm -hmm. which I basically want to take 30, 20-something-year-olds, like a a cohort of 30, 20-something-year-olds give them my frameworks, teach them how I do, and then basically drop them into all of my clients' businesses so that they can do their thing. Right. Um, and, you know, eventually that could be a way to like meet visionaries like you, like other solopreneurs and say, hey, like I have a person who can just drop in. They're already trained. They know exactly how to build what they need to build. Mm-hmm. Like go do, like let them do their thing. Right. And, you know, maybe it's idealist of me, but that's how I'm tackling the problem. Sounds like you're a visionary on that front, right? <laughs> I am. That's right. I'm totally, I'm totally a visionary. Definitely. And I get in my own way because all of that, you know, I was telling you before the call, I, I, I got married and I was like so focused on building and, and like tinkering and doing systems, but I wasn't getting 
money in the door. There was no revenue coming in because I was so like, oh, I'm going to just do this. Yeah. But that leads to the demise of, of a business. Mm-hmm. So I have to be one. Well, that's an, yeah, there, there's an interesting question in of itself too, because I imagine there's a lot of conflict there when you're trying to run a company that is based on systems, but you're trying to remove yourselves from creating systems and become the visionary. How does, <laughs> how does, how does that, how does that, how does the fear play a role in that? And how does like that, how does that resonate? What, what kind of systems do you have in place to keep yourself out of that operator role? Um, well, I've definitely, Fear looks weird because it's not fear like anxiety, like I'm scared. Fear, uh, fear is more like, okay, well, I'm just going to keep building the, the, the CRM because the flows has to be perfect. And, and now, you know, and it's fine. And I'm going to just keep building it. But I don't even have this like pressure to grow. So like, I'm not feeling the fear that maybe other people fear, like people who maybe have investors um, or advisors who are like breathing down their neck saying like WTF. Yeah. Um, more recently this week, my wife and I sat down and she's like, all right, we're going to kill it this year. Like every month, like we got to have a review and it's like, Oh wow. Okay. Maybe now is some fear or anxiety. Like maybe now I'm feeling some emotion. Now it's like, all right, it's time to, it's time to move. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, that accountability. Yeah. Yeah. So the, yeah, the accountability can lead to a lot of fear, certainly, because then it's like, you know, the, 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 you know, now it's on the line. Now, now we got to get this done. It's no longer just a vision in my head. It's being done. So maybe even, yeah. so it sounds like that the idea of turning a vision into some sort of reality, there's, there's a fear threshold we have to break through there. And totally. Yeah. So that, that there's a lot to that, but um hi and, and for, for your company, so you focus primarily on, um, on the smaller, like the, the solopreneur, those and, and smaller company startups, those kinds of things. I have some, you know, I, I know the benefit I've, I've been working within our company of working with, a, a, a you know, with the EOS system and, and all of that kind of sure. stuff, which, uh, which is great for bigger businesses and, and things like that. But how, how would you distinguish or, or differentiate the larger business systems? that, you know, are in place like for hundred million billion dollar businesses that, that, you know, are, are you sure. know, to, to getting to that one solo operator person that, you know, you are, or, or I am in trying to build these, these separate businesses. I think, um, when you, so I used to work at Deloitte and mm-hmm. we obviously had used our own systems and when when you're one of the worker bees in one of these massive Fortune 500 companies, you're probably looking at 0.3% of, of like what the actual thing is, like what the actual internal system is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's so much controls and automation that's happening in the back that you don't even know about because you're, you're just one of 12,000 people. Right. But when you are one of five or, or one of 20 or one of 50 or one of a hundred, like you still, you are seeing like you are still responsible for the 700 KPIs or, you know, all the different moving pieces of, of the different elements of, of the business. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's almost like the responsibility or the awareness you know, sometimes people like have like this, oh my God, I became so aware and so clear in my life and I knew I had to take action. 
entrepreneurs, when they see like, oh my God, I have project management and a CRM and a this and a sales cycle, like that, like creates so much chaos to yeah. them. Yeah. And, you know, fight or flight, you know, they're freezing. They're, mm-hmm. they're totally freezing. Under the weight um, of all of those, all of that, just all of it. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, and sometimes it's easier to dress up your fear and oh, I don't have time for systems. And they just like, don't even face the problem, mm. which is the same as, you know, overweight people who are like, you know, don't want to face their weight or you know, everyone just wanting to like not face their obstacles. Uh, uh, entrepreneurs are no different. Right. So it's a, yeah, just not wanting to face the fear. So just saying, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with it. Yeah. Put yeah. it away. Yeah. Freezing. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So how does that, how does that relate to kind of the smaller business, the solopreneur, what they might fear and how systems might help them? Well, they feel it more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the, the beauty of it is you're a small business. Like you don't need to do it all. You don't need to systematize everything. Yeah. Uh, earlier I said like, you know, systematize fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Like get one product and sell it a thousand times and just learn how to do that process a thousand times very effectively before you start thinking about a VA and, and this and a C like just get really good at this one thing. And when you're, when you, when things start to break down because you are so in demand, that's when you can start building systems. Yeah. And would you, would, would you say that waiting until things break down, well, is there, is there a point in time where you can re- kind of realize, wow, I'm getting, I'm expanding on this. The one thing that I'm doing really well is starting to blow up to the point where at what point is it like, does it become, is that self-awareness of, of I need to start building new systems here. Or I need to start, start bringing yeah. people or tools or anything like that. in. I think a good um, indicator of that is when you're, the fancy term is NPS, your net promoter score, when your feedback scores, when they used to be tens and five-star reviews, when they start hitting the, the eights and the sevens and the four and a half stars and the four stars, when your customer experience starts to go down, mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest indicator. Like, okay, it's time to uh, get that back up. Yeah. Okay. And then, so once you get, so systems will bring putting the right systems in place when that happens will get your focus realigned and you'll start to improve those scores again so exactly clarity on the scores sounds like it's a very important aspect of all of this too yeah yeah aware constant collection of feedback Mm -hmm. is super critical and sometimes clients don't even know that you want to get receive the feedback they don't know that you're open to the feedback they don't know how to give feedback uh, so you almost have to communicate with confidence, like, hey, one of our values is continuous improvement. Yeah. And another one of our values is transpa- like transparent communication, mm-hmm. authentic communication of our feelings. So between continuous improvement and, conti- and authentic communication, we will, you know, set you set the expectation. We will ask you at the end of onboarding, at the middle of our package, whatever that is. And at the end of the package, we will ask you feedback and we want to really deliver an amazing trans. You know, you really have to enroll them into why it would be beneficial to provide the feedback. Mm-hmm. And after you jazz them up, you know, they're going to probably provide the feedback. 
Right. Because uh, it's in their it's in their interest to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So like make it their their you know it's all in service to them. But again, this is a lot of uh, it's like such deep awareness that sometimes you're like so in the tomorrow or so in the oh my god I gotta do a million things you're not thinking of such a deep customer journey. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, so we, and we've, we've gone kind of over, so why, why entrepreneurs or why, why leaders are afraid of systems, obviously, because you'd mentioned that it's, you know, similar to anything we're afraid of. We just want to kind of push it away or it's like, like that, that, uh, that fear of, of doing the thing, eating the vegetables that we need to eat. Right. But right. So what, what, um, how would, how would people get started with this once they're ready to like brave the you know, take the courage, courageous first step. challenge. Yeah. How would they do that? Um, the first step is, you know, I always ask clients, like, what are your goals? Mm-hmm. Because what you focus on, you know, like what you fo- like you become what you focus on, like you, whatever you focus on amplifies, like what right. gets measured gets done. Like whatever you're paying attention to is the thing that, probably needs needs improvement got it so so after you figure out your goals it's like okay how are you measuring progress to those goals and that already will indicate like the playbook mm-hmm. like how, how you complete that that process to that outcome right and then the tool that you're using okay and and yeah regarding the playbook part so that that all is that makes a lot of sense so if, you, if you're starting out clarity on your goals know what you're measuring, know what your measurements are. And then you kind of mentioned the playbook that kind of establishes the playbook. So you have a process called the, the six P's, right? Um, yeah. And I don't want to like give away the, the, uh, the sauce. secret sauce, so to speak, but could you kind of like just kind of share a little bit with what that is, what that process is and how it works? Yeah. Yeah. So there's no sauce. I'm giving it away. I mean, there's so many books out there, so many blog articles. I mean, you, you, you operate on EOS, like there's traction out there. You could read it. Um, the six P's. So they stand for uh, priorities, which is your goal setting, how you set goals, how you measure progress, uh, how you set leading indicators to measure your progress. Mm-hmm. Um, there is people who are the people, the relationships that you're going to surround yourself with to help you execute and fulfill on those goals. Um, and that's clients, adv- advisors, investors, partners, vendors, community, you know, all the people around you. There is projects, which is your project management. It's your daily checklist. It is mm-hmm. your, uh, your scoping process when you start a new project. It's your lessons learned at the end of the pro- project. It's the feedback analysis of your projects. Mm-hmm. Um, then there is promotion, which is all your marketing, your content creation. Uh, really whatever is creating more awareness of who you are and what you do. Uh, the fifth one is playbooks, which is your SOPs, the step-by-step how-to to your business. And six is planning, which is your daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly planning. And those are just the routine, strategic exercises that you go through to make sure you're continuously realigning, making sure that you're on track. Nice. I love and, that. Um, yeah. So that's, that's kind of my core six. That's great. Um, how, how often do you suggest people keep an, keep an eye on this? I mean, I know that some of these like 
um, you know, w- when you're looking at your daily checklist, obviously daily, but how, how frequently should be people be looking at this and, and revising, you know, modifying, yeah. doing all that, you know, going back to what you said about the small business and like, you know, the awareness of everything kind of becomes overwhelming to people. I mean, this is your every day when you're a founder and you don't have a team, like you are wearing eight hats. Yeah. So you, I mean, I'm not saying look at your sales pipeline every day, but in theory, you should always be building your pipeline. You should always be creating content. You should always be out there speaking. You should always be fulfilling. Sometimes it's helpful. People say like, okay, on Mondays and Thursdays, I'll do discovery calls. So I don't have to look at, you know, that information until the day before, or I'll do client work Wednesdays through Fridays. So they're not looking at the content, the promotion stuff during that time. But really, it's every day. This is your Mm -hmm. business. This is your life. This is what you're building. And if eyes are not on the prize every day, then you're going to, the chaos is just going to take you off path. And 90% of businesses fail. There's no shame around failure. It's just the numbers. Yeah. So, you know, every day. That's, that's a great answer every day, because every day, if we, if we don't have those systems in place and you mentioned, you know, or, you know, one of the things you talk about is, is chaos really being that obstacle to cash flow and, and all of these and, and, and fulfillment and those kinds of things. Right. So we are going to, if, if we're act, if we're operating in chaos, we're just going to be, our minds are going to be focused on all in all of these different directions every day anyway. As long as we're focused on six specific things and specific elements in there, well, now we're now we're organized. And organization is exactly. one of the antidotes to anxiety. So that's uh, uh, I think that's a great rule of thumb is looking at these kinds of things every day and being aware of it and not letting them slip. So great, it's a it's an amazing framework and 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 you're and I think you have a, you, you've got amazing things going on here and you've created an amazing niche because. For me personally, having, you know, trying to start this new business, even when I'm, I'm, you know, running another one that has 150 employees and, and trying to put systems in place there, wow. it's so much different. I mean, there's just, <laughs> wow, it's harder. I mean, it's just, it's, there's, there's a lot of uh, elements. I mean, it's, yes, it's more rewarding, but there's also just a ton of fear, a ton of anxiety around all of this. And, uh, and a lot of anxiety about running these kinds of business and a lot of times what we think we're afraid of, you know, hurting people or, 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 or people's feelings or, or what people think of us is really just kind of that veil of, you know, we're afraid of putting the right systems in place to make this work properly. So I love that you, you clarified that we as owners, we as operators, we as visionaries are afraid of systems and uh, there's a way yeah. out of it and you've created that way. So <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. One way. One way. One way. Yeah. But an important way. And I'm, I'm glad you did. So um, where can people find you and what's, what's next for, for, for you, Ernesto? Um, well, uh, you had a great question, how to start with systems. I'm actually putting together a little 20 page ebook to nice. help people like walk them through the process of actually starting their journey, uh, starting their systems journey. And that book is coupled with a talk that I'm developing, as we spoke about, uh, around how people can build their cash flow engine. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my focus for the next few uh, weeks 
We just launched a three-month mastermind to get people through a 30-day accelerator on how to get like, you know, introductions to the six Ps. Yeah. Uh, so we have, a, we have a few different like pro- uh, programs in the pipe right now, getting people to embody some of this stuff and feel the, the cash flow. No, that's exciting. I'm, I'm really anxious to read that, that, uh, that 20 page book. And uh, because I got you. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, yeah. Cause it, and, and if you, if you're listening today and, and you feel like chaos is part of the problem of, of, of rising above fear, be on the lookout for that, for that, uh, um, you know, be on the lookout for that ebook. And I know you have a newsletter. Totally. Can people just get the newsletter and, and be updated on when that's coming out? Yeah. Yeah. If they go to Ernesto Mandowski.com or, you know, the link tree in any of my socials, I have just the, the newsletter sign up there. Okay. And I send one out every, uh, every week. Awesome. And what's, uh, what's your social handle? Just Ernesto Mandowski. Mandowski. Okay. And that'll be in the show notes. Um, cause don't ask me to spell that right now. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I understand. I was, I was cursed with an easy name. So I, uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, Ernesto, I'm so, so grateful for the knowledge drops you had, uh, with me today. This was amazing. I'm going to be able to take a lot selfishly. I'm going to be able to take a lot of this and, and wisdom and, and apply it in my own life and my own business. Grateful for what you're doing, my friend. I'm really glad to have met you through uh, Brand Builders. And yeah, thanks for joining me. And uh, for, sure. yeah, for everybody out there, thanks for joining us. Uh, don't forget to hit subscribe and like this episode. Appreciate you. We'll uh, see you next time. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Flow Over Fear podcast. If you're enjoying this show, please do me a favor and hit the subscribe button. I will be so grateful if you do, and I'll look forward to bringing you more value in our next episode. I'll see you then.